I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and dive deep into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because everything starts with you. Hello, Miss Betty Hines. I'm so excited to have you on my couch today. Thank you, Yamilka. Glad to be here. So first of all, I'm just going to go ahead and read your bio. It's short and sweet, and I love it, and I love what you're doing. So we'll talk about that a little bit, and then we'll get to know you a little bit more. Betty Hines is the CEO and founder of Women Elevating Women, or it's affectionately nicknamed the Woo Crew. She's a leading business strategist with 20 years experience working directly with C-level women executive globally, assisting them to grow their bottom line. As a former executive in a Fortune 100 company, Betty uses her firsthand knowledge and extensive background to educate and equip her clients with the needed techniques and resources to succeed. And we're going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later because I love what you're doing. Thank with. you. So let's do this. Why don't you tell me a little bit about why you started WooCrew? What kind of got you to start this new venture for yourself? Thank you. Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> I have to ask myself that sometimes too. But it, it really all started after I left corporate America, I became an entrepreneur. And in becoming an entrepreneur, I took the route of trying to, with my, my spouse and two other partners, a boutique property and casualty company, not trying to compete with the Allstate State Farms and all of them, but a boutique company that really targeted urban America. In the process of doing so, we had to raise capital. In the insurance industry, you must have surplus because as soon as you write your first policy, you're going to have a claim. So we did the, I, I call it the dog and pony show. We did that on Wall Street. We did that in Chicago and where, where there were investors that were very kind to the insurance industry. Kind is a word associated. It's like an oxymoron with the insurance industry. So we raised our first 10 million capital. We were very excited. Coming out of corporate America, we were like, yeah, we did it. And this is why I leaped into doing some of the things that I'm doing now, because as we were growing so fast, we had to keep going back out there getting more money. Lesson learned. We should have asked for the 50 million as opposed to the 10 million because it was the same due diligence. But these are things that I did not know. And had we had someone to go to, a peer advisory group or some organization to give us some direction, we would have known. That coupled with working with an organization that uh, is a $22.8 billion organization, I was called upon to start chapters for women who they call second tier or second stage that have two uh, a million or more in revenues. Did that, loved that, opened the ones in Maryland, even had what is called a Zenith group. And that was like women from 50 to billion. And there were four, four billionaires in that group. So I've been working with multi-million dollar people all along. But in 2019, there was a report that came out. It said there's barely, this is pre-COVID, barely 3% of all women make that million dollar. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What about the other 97%? Well, about 88% get stuck in that six figures. 
and get wow. stuck in the six figures. So I said, well, wait a minute. I can transition my knowledge and working. I know how they do it. I help them do it to these women that are not at the, or that are trying to scale to the seven. And also what was even more sensational for me to make that move is that the women that were in that category were usually the BIPOC community, women of color of the underestimated community, the indigenous people. So I said, this is where I need to be. This is where my talent and resources need to be directed. I love that because I'm part of this group. And what I love is that camaraderie, that community of women of color. I mean, you really say it very directly. You fight for these women. Yes, I do. And that's my passion. And I love that. So now let's get a little deeper to understand kind of what this all came from. You know, we can't do a therapist, uh, a brand therapist session without really understanding childhood. So tell me a story about your childhood that got you to where you are today. How do you relate back to that story? Oh, yes. And it's one that I embrace well. I'm an army brat as they called us. I was born in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. My daddy was 82nd Airborne. He was a paratrooper. So we used to watch him pop out of planes and we just thought that was so fascinating. You know, you see the paratroops and it looked like a bunch of clouds and he was always on target. So that was a risk. But he insisted that his kids also get their wings, right? So I was the youngest out of six and I remember climbing up this pole. To me, it seemed like I was on the Empire State Building, but it wasn't that <laughs> I can't even tell you how many feet it was, but as a little child, I was like, God, I remember that so well. And they're like, come on, come on, you can do it, you can do it. And I'm sitting here like, you know, scared to death. And this is when the first child, the, the youngest wants to go last, but no, they let the youngest go first. And I remember I took that leap of faith and I got my wings and that was a very proud moment. So for me, I know that when you have people who are supporting you, that are who's surrounding you, giving you that encouragement, sometimes that's all you need. And that's part of what we do is edify people, encourage people. You can do all things. I love that. Well, I didn't even know that about you. That's so interesting (laughs) and exciting. I've always wanted to jump out of a parachute. I haven't done it yet. I did schedule it one time and I think purposely missed the date. But Uh I think that is, I mean, that is, you have to have some guts to do that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And you get it from somewhere inside that you didn't know exist. But when you have people cheering you on, and that's what I like to think we do with our foods. We're like, oh, what, what, you're going to do that? Yeah, you have to. You know, go ahead. What do you need? How can I help? All that kind of support. We as women, our species, we thrive. At least I thrive. Yeah, I love that. So tell me, what is the Betty Hines brand about? Tell me about your brand, your personal brand. My personal brand is what I feel my destiny is supposed to be. My vision, my passion, my mission is to be a servant leader. In doing so, it's giving back. I've always felt that people who give receive. That's not why I do it. But I find so much tremendous joy when one of my clients, one of the women in my group say, look, I'm going to be, I got this contract and I'm going here. That brings so much joy because though it's something that they did, I like to think that we had a small piece of it in giving them that encouragement and support and maybe providing a resource for them or an introduction for them. So I feel that uh, that is my, my vision. I want to follow my passion. I feel this is my destiny. I love that. So tell me, you know, we love to hear people's fame story. 
So what's your fame story? When did you know you had become famous for what you do? Well, see, I don't, and this is some humility that, you know, I'm always telling you all, you can't be a secret agent. I don't use the word famous. I feel that I am more of an impactful leader. That's what I try to strive for. And that's what I get pleasure in doing. What I'm known for is being the master connector in terms of doing introductions for people. And that's where the woman elevating comes in. I love lifting people up. So I am the chief elevator. So tell me a story about it. When did you know you were an impactful leader? How did that come about? When did you hear it from somebody else that they said that to you? I think, no, I know it began in my career, my corporate career as an underwriter. And back then, I won't name the company, but in general, you did find women of color in the field of underwriting. We could have done sales or we could have done services, but not as an underwriter. We were recruited in as an underwriter, and I was quite proud of that moment. But I also knew that they were looking at me, oh, you think you're something because you went to Michigan. You know, I'm a, I'm a Wolverine, and I did go all year round and get out in three years because I wanted to get out there and make that money. Little did I know, enjoy your time in college. <laughs> so I think that in my first corporate job, I found myself in, in, in sword in the corporate community, was a man in management, and I saw individuals who did not have that sort of support, struggling. And they were brown and black people. So I would stay afterwards, after work, and work with them to help them get to where they needed to be or help them decide this really wasn't the career path for them. And when they found that aha or the light came on, like, you're right, I graduated in mathematics and chemistry. This is not what I want to do. And help them find their way. That is when I realized that people would follow what I had to say because they knew I gave them my heart. That's beautiful. Tell me your greatest fear. My greatest fear is not being there for someone that was expecting me to be there for them, that I let them down. And that's a fear. Yeah, that makes total sense. Like, I think I know you're always on. You're like, I text you, you text me right back. And and, and I feel that that's kind of what drives you, right? So mm-hmm. I can see why your greatest fear can be not being there for somebody because you're always on, you're always there. <laughs> you're always conscious of how you can influence and help others. So that makes total sense. Now, tell me a time where you felt something was holding you back. I believe it was myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, was holding me back. When we had our insurance company and it was something that was more of my husband's dream, but I had the background, you know, with underwriting in the areas that he needed. And I said, well, you got to be there for your partner. You got to be there for your partner. But it's not something that was not, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. That's not what I wanted to do. (laughs) But I was there and it was a great experience because I learned a lot and it prepared me for where I am today. But what held me back when I should have left earlier in the business because I've got to move somebody and I had people that were trained. I did have a succession plan. I could have done this a while ago. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, no, I got to be there. And I should have just really did my meditation, did my praying and just believed in the in the path that he was directing me. But I'm like, no, 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 God, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> this is the way I'm supposed to go. That is so true. You know, a lot of times we, not just women, people in general, we tend to want to sometimes manage situations because we don't think somebody else can take. Exactly. 
And you can't, and you know this better than anybody else, you can't have a business unless you have a support system that can take your place in any moment. Mm -hmm. Because the moment you step out of your business, if there's not some, somebody there to help out. Yes. Things things go the, the right way. So I totally, totally makes sense. Now, you know this and you really strive for some of this. I want to hear your story around this. But we as entrepreneurs or business owners, a lot of times we need a support system, right? Whether it's you call it mentors, you can call it whatever you want. But tell me about your support system. Who do you use as support or or somebody that mentors you somebody that you, or you may have many mentors, but tell me a little bit about how you think about that and how that works for you. Yes. I would say initially coming up through corporate America, my mentors were men because they saw something in me where don't like to say this, but the reality is the women saw me as a competitor and I wasn't competing. I was just trying to complete what I was supposed to do. But nowadays with maturity, I've learned, I surround myself around people who support me. Now, that might sound gullible and I have been bruised because, you know, I was like, oh no, you know, this person, their soul is is pure. That's not always the case, but that's okay because you know, if you are good and you have good intentions, you will come back, will bounce back from the hurt, but it doesn't hurt any less. So uh, I just make sure, and and you can't take the time dissecting everybody that you meet. You just have to be your true authentic self and just be mindful that not everybody shares in your joy and your blessings. That's so true. I work with archetypes and all that and trying to help people really see themselves. And it's, it's so interesting to me. A lot of people don't see themselves for some reason and being able to just be who you are in your business because you have to be is liberating and it's freeing. It is. And a lot of times we feel like we have to have this alter ego personality all the time working for us, but that's exhausting. It is. is. So you just Just think about it and and have fun. Tell me a time where you felt you did something that you originally thought was impossible. Hmm. That I thought was impossible. I would say, and this, I mean, this goes back when I got divorced (laughs) and I had two kids, but I knew pushing that last one out the womb that I was out of there. So (laughs) it was like, okay, now what am I going to do? But I got a huge promotion to relocate out of the state, but I had like a three month old and a seven year old going into a state that I really had no grounds. And so I was scared. But I had a support system and upper management and, you know, they helped me get a car and they provided you someone to help you look for a home, you know, to purchase a home. That was very scary. And, I, and that was a risk for me. And I've learned, and, and there's some other, you know, life stories that you don't need to tell about. You can go to the grave with it. But those life lessons, where you say, oh, that will never happen to me again. And then something else will come up where you've just been vulnerable. Because if you're going to be your true self, you're going to be vulnerable. Yeah. And, and some it's people, yeah, some people see that vulnerability and they take shots at it. So yeah. you heal. You have that inner strength to heal. So that's still going on, but you learn how to recover. I hear a lot of women and 
uh, tell these sort of stories with um, being a single mom or getting through, uh, going through a divorce. And sometimes it's like, I don't know, but it it's sometimes I feel like women have it three times harder than other individuals. And when you hear those stories of how they overcame that, taking care of other people, mm-hmm. it's, you can do anything, right? I mean, oh, yeah. it's like, what can you not do in this lifetime if you can overcome? Mm-hmm. You have to have a foundation and you have to have a belief, whatever your beliefs are, you have to stay grounded and you have to meditate, pray, whatever, but you need to be able to run somewhere. You have to find your quiet place because there's, you know, people do a lot of harm out there. And I think it was very prevalent with COVID, particularly with women. And you know this to be true, you know, women who are entrepreneurs and some who had kids even though they could have be in the best relationship, they still find themselves, you know, like, oh my God, I got to school the kids. <laughs> you know, it, it like, it's oh my gosh, you know, I was just cooking dinner or I had somebody come, come and doing dinner, but I'm not bringing anybody in my house right now. You know, mask and all this other things. Are they positive? So you're doing all these extra things and you find yourself mentally drained. And we don't want to admit it because, you know, we're supposed to be the superheroes, the wonder women. And it's okay to say, you're not tired. That's acceptable. And we should allow ourselves and allow our sister friends. Okay, so she didn't put her eyebrows on this morning. She forgot. Yeah. And that's what support is about. Mm-hmm. It's about letting people be the way they are and giving them some slack. Yeah. Because you don't know what they've gone through. You don't exactly. know what happened the day before or the day mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was uh, telling a story. I think um, I, I was teaching yesterday. And I was telling them a story about how people should reinvent the airports because they're horrible. They have to reinvent them. They're all horrible. Actually, I was in Washington and it was horrible. Yeah, I know you you go through that airport a lot. And then I was in a room the next day and I felt great. Like my energy was up. I couldn't believe that I was jet lagged and I could do this class. But I think I had that, Mm. that going to happen. I'm going to be great. This is going to be okay. I'm not going to, you know, be sleepy or tired. You know, it's that inner strength that kind of helps us through the day. I was actually really amazed with myself. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? That's okay. Give yourself a hand. Yay. Tell me about, you know, you've already said a few, but I want to know some of your challenges that you had to go through not just as a woman of color, but going from working at a company, Fortune 100, which I was part of as well, and then going to entrepreneurship, that's a huge change. Tell me some of the challenges that you had to go through in that phase. I would say we were all, we were both very successful in those roles, but that's all I knew was America. I knew I had great business acumen in terms of maneuvering through all the traps. But when you're become an entrepreneur, it's a different set of rules. So classic example, we thought we got the 10 million, but it's different because it's the distribution is even different. I did not worry about how my employees were going to be paid or the people who reported into me were going to be paid. But now it's all on me make sure the lights, make sure this, and make sure the benefits are paid. And oh yeah, the employee tax. 
All I did was do the evaluation, yay, nay, you know, whatever. But now I'm like, oh, wow, I got to do 10 of these write-ups. But that transition, you have to be prepared for. And you have to allow yourself. I mean, you we underestimate organizational expense and needs because we're so used properly of doing it all. And that's why I talk about my model in terms of being strategic, the tactical, and the task. We felt that because we did it in corporate America, but there was always that layer there that was like a cover-up, a shield that we knew that someone else had it. You just wanted to prove you could do it. When you're out there as an entrepreneur, you eat what you kill. (laughs) That's pretty tough. (laughs) You know, so true because even, you know, when you were talking about surpassing that six figures. Mm-hmm. It's it's really interesting because you can make six figures in corporate America. And like you said, you just worry about your job. Mm-hmm. And when you get to six figures as an entrepreneur, that's a huge accolade, right? You mm-hmm. surpassed, you right. get figures, your business is going well, but that's really just a little bit. Now to get to a million, you've got to make sure that the entire company is Mm -hmm. taken care of and you can place yourself at a level where, like you said, right at the very top. Mm -hmm. And that's really difficult. And it's important. And that's why I'm so in favor of peer groups, because you have to learn the rules of engagement certain things like how to use your social capital. I mean, there's a political capital, business political capital in corporate America, but in the entrepreneur world, it's the social capital. How do you use who you know, what you know, to get where you need to be? And if you haven't learned it, some of it, through your corporate life or just life in general, you better get it together or get get in some sort of group who can show you, demonstrate how it's done. Because we don't use our social capital enough to get to where we need to be. That is so true. You know, I had to learn that the hard way on my first business when I was doing fashion and just put myself out there and I wasn't using resources very well. And I would just like show up and I had some hard lessons that were, Uh that I had to learn. So tell me, what are the lessons learned for you? Mm, The lessons learned for me is And this is for me, this is my vitamin. It's not to be so hard on myself. And it's really those pillars that I talk about, the five pillars of success. I need to learn, um, lessons learned, that I can't be a secret agent. It's okay. I'm still learning about the accolades. I do it for everybody else, but it's so hard. And that's how I was raised, that humility to take a bow. But to have the courage to take care of my health, my wealth. That is your responsibility. It's no one else's responsibility, especially if you're an entrepreneur, because there's stresses on you as an entrepreneur that you don't get in uh, corporate America. So you need to find that balance. You need to put, in fact, I was talking to my two new executive editors and look, look at my calendar. You've got me booked. Boom, boom, 15 minute break. Boom, boom. I said, I can't go at that pace. Because I get up early. I'm just an early riser. So I'm up. And then from like nine o'clock to seven, eight o'clock, I'm back to back to back. I've learned how to, lessons learned. So I speak up for, I'm, I'm an advocate for Betty. And I'm like, look, you wouldn't do that, Callie. 
<laughs> I said, you, you need to give me time to think. When you have these meetings, you need time to execute. I want you to think like this is you. You know, I'll have the tough conversations, but I need time to process it. I don't need to leap back into another conversation and then schedule when I have to go to the bathroom and be eaten. No, let's block some time off. So you got to give yourself space because otherwise, you know, you just... And it's so interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine who's CEO of a nonprofit and we were talking about how time is so precious, right? And I was telling him that I don't see other people being successful when all they are is busy all the time, right? Mm -hmm. I don't see that as where I want to be. Like if this woman is going crazy berserk with her walking around like her head cut off, I don't want to be that successful, Mm -mm. right? Or that I don't want to be successful in that way. Mm-hmm. So I think right now you see women who are successful as women who have time, time to do their things. They don't run around with their heads cut off. It's not about, do you have time? It's about, you have to make time yes. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And how do you do that? And you have to do it. I mean, because no one's going to do it for you. Because they see you going, 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 going. Oh, she can get it. She got it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Give her a little bit more. She's someone who who can make everything happen. You get it done. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell me, where do you see your life in the next five, ten years? Where I see it is that I'm going to be serving predominantly on corporate boards. I've served on many nonprofits, and so I'm ready for the corporate boards. So that's where I see my life, and and just doing it quarterly but still maybe being chair overseeing the women elevating women because I'm preparing this to pass on because this is something that can go global. You could be franchised. People could take this and run this in their own way. We'll have definitely the template because women do need this. Women need that peer support. Yes, they do. And I don't miss my meetings ever. Well, I, I might have to miss one because I'm teaching next week, but that's the only one that I'll be missing this year. But the meetings are so important to me. They're sacred, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I want these two and a half hours to be for me, for my time, mm-hmm. for my time mm-hmm. to connect with other women and mm-hmm. see what they're doing and how I can use some of that to mm-hmm. further myself and my career and my, mm-hmm. um, my business, right? And I love all the work you're doing. So tell us, how can we connect? Where can we reach you? Where can we find Woocrew are you? You can easily find me on woocrew.com. Woocrew.com. And there's a contact information. If you want to be part of the group, you can schedule some time to have an interview. I interview 99.9% of the women that are in the Woocrew, be the member at large, Pinnacle Woo, because I want to know who they are. And plus, it gives me an idea what I need to do in terms of bringing resources to them. So, we're bringing on people now. We're enrolling now. We enroll all year round until we get the t- to the 10 crews. Oh, I love that. So where are you right now? We are getting ready to launch five. We're backfilling some of the other, you know, crews, people who have moved on. But I'm very excited. I'm very excited about the women that we have. Oh, I love that. I'm excited to have you as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. So Betty, thank you so much for being on here. I know you took the time to be here for me. I so appreciate it and your support. Thank you for being on the Brand Therapist and on my couch. 
I loved what I learned from you today. And there's sometimes you don't have the time to connect at this level. Mm -hmm. So this was beautiful. And I learned a few things about you. So now I'm going to be telling these stories and I can't wait. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I appreciate you including me on your journey. Oh, thank you. Well, we'll see you on next time when something exciting is happening for you. Thanks, Milka. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you'd like to connect with me on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding, Bespoke Branding Agency, or email me at yamoka at yamoka.com. Thanks for listening.